WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. I get tweet after tweet and call after call on this program. And I hear call after call on other programs. People demanding that the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin. It's not going to happen, but there has never been a bigger demand. That's based on the culture of chaos. The Steelers went 13-3, but it doesn't feel like it. A, they lost a playoff game, their only playoff game. B, the whole season was tedious and annoying with one silly issue after another. Tomlin has lost a lot of credibility with the fans and maybe with his players and maybe even with the organization. How can Tomlin fix it? Does he even want to fix it? I will talk about the first steps Tomlin should take at 4 p.m. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. The Penguins host Carolina tonight. Hear all the action right here on the X. At 3.30, we're going to talk hockey with Jay Caulfield of AT&T Sportsnet. Honestly, I don't think Tomlin sees a problem. And ergo will not fix it. Not unless he's told to by Art Rooney, which may very well happen. Uh, Like I said, the Penguins host Carolina. Carolina is in last place but only three points back at the Penguins. And the Hurricanes beat the Penguins 4-0 here in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. The latest Penguins trade rumor is that they're interested in Jean-Gabriel Pajot, the center from Ottawa, who would be a nice third-line fit. But unless the Penguins want to give up, say, Daniel Sprong for Pajot, I don't see that deal going down. Pajot is 25, and he signed for two more seasons at a rate of 3.1 mil per. Uh, I don't trade Sprong for Pajot because I don't see Pajot putting the Penguins back on track or over the top. Uh, before you suggest, you're not going to get Pajot for Cole or for Sheary and maybe not even for Cole and Sheary. Pajot's got more value than that, especially given his contract control. I'm not a big fan of the Penguins having sent Sprong down to Wilkes, but that's me. I'm always going to find a spot for the guy that scores goals. Brian Rust will probably be back in the lineup tonight after having been injured, but he's got four goals in 38 games. Rust has a role to play. But the Penguins need to score more, especially 5-on-5. That said, Sprong only got the two goals in eight games while he was in Pittsburgh, and those both came the same night. Sometimes coaches get so enamored of all-around players that they forget you need to score goals. Maybe Sprong right now is the proverbial one-trick pony, but some of those all-around players could be no-trick ponies. Hey, I have often talked about Carl Hagelin's forecheck and PK, his speed factor, yada, yada. But that doesn't mean it's okay to not produce at all. 
although Hagelin has picked it up a little. People like to clamor for trades and major change when a team isn't doing well. At the very least, they want to talk about shuffling the lines or playing the scratches, in this case, Ian Cole. But wow, Mike Sullivan has shuffled the lines quite a bit. I can't think of any combination you might want to try that we haven't seen. The thing with the Pens right now is they just got to start playing better and playing better more consistently. The Stars have produced recently. The power play has been good all year. The Penguins just need to play better five-on-five and do it more often. Even the PK. Only two power play goals allowed in the past 12 games. So five-on-five play is the final frontier. It's the problem that must be solved. It makes for boring discussion with the Penguins. It's not about trade this guy, try that line combination, shuffle the deck. It's about play better, which we know they can do. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I wish the friggin' Flurry fanboys would shut up. That's another major discussion of futility on Twitter and on talk shows. You got the Jamokes who want to fire Tomlin when everyone knows that just isn't going to happen. And then you got the people who say, uh, hey, do you think maybe they should have kept Flurry because he's doing so good in Vegas? Hey, I'm overjoyed Mark is doing good in Vegas. But he's 10 years older than Matthew Murray. He makes more money than Murray, $2 million more per season. And Flurry isn't the goaltender who won the last two Stanley Cups. Matt Murray is. I can tell you with absolute certainty that no GM in the entire league, the entire NHL, would have kept Flurry and traded Murray in that situation. Not one. And for those who say, well, Murray's hurt all the time, you do know he's played twice as many games this year as Flurry. Flurry is at his share of injuries, well, this year specifically in the last few seasons. In fact, that's how he lost his job to Murray back in 2016. Uh, I, I hate discussions like this. I hate people criticizing the goalie who have won, who's won the, the town and the team and you and me, the last two Stanley Cups, because, well, people have forgotten. Too many have forgotten that the Penguins won the last two Stanley Cups and are pointing fingers with both glee and abandon. If the Pens don't win this year, so what? They won the last two years, and maybe they'll win next year, so get a grip. Pirates ain't never going to win. Steelers ain't come close in a while. You should be grateful for what you got. And, and I... Say that, yeah, I'm kind of taunting. Pirates suck, always will. Steelers, unless they change their culture, they got two more years to win, maybe three with Ben, maybe one, and then they're going to stink for a long time. This town is such a bunch of ingrates. You should be grateful for what the Penguins have given you and what they still might. I will say Mike Sullivan needs to take a step back and really consider what he has at his disposal and the negative factors that are 
uh, retarding his team's progress. Sully wants the Penguins to play fast, and I get that because it's worked. But maybe the fatigue level makes playing fast impossible every night. Case in point, Penguins came out of the break flying and won a couple games. And then that faded a bit. You want to be idealistic, but you also want to be realistic. So let's talk pens. 412-333-WXDX. I watched the Raw 25th anniversary show last night, WWE. It was nice seeing the old-timers, but honestly, the show wasn't that good. I don't know how you let the McMahon family talk for minutes on end. And Stone Cold Steve Austin gets out there, one of the best promos ever, and doesn't say a word, although he did stun Vince and Shane. I I don't know. It was just okay. Not even okay. Uh, I don't pay much attention to the NBA beyond the drama, but they got a lot of drama with the Cleveland Cavaliers. First off, the Cavs were nuts to trade Kyrie Irving to Boston when the Cavs didn't know if LeBron was staying long-term. Kyrie wanted to go, so what? He was under contract, keep him for one more year, and then if LeBron re-ups, you let Kyrie go. But then if LeBron leaves, you got Kyrie to build the team around. Uh, Now they've lost 9 out of 12, and Kevin Love left the game sick and then missed the next practice because he was ill, and his teammates accused him in a team meeting of not being sick, uh, that Love pulled the shoot, in other words. That comes off an awful lot like picking on the white guy. I think LeBron is the best basketball player of all time. I do. But he's a crap leader. Absolute excrement as a leader. He bitches. He points fingers. He's passive-aggressive. If he keeps all that up, he's going to wind up playing for the Steelers. Todd Haley is the new offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. They will draft a quarterback first overall, Rosen or Darnold, and whoever uh, the Browns do draft, Haley will make him hate football and Haley and the Browns inside a half an hour. That's why Haley's a bad hire. You're bringing in a young franchise quarterback, and his offensive coordinator is a total a-hole. Seriously. That's a bad hire. If it's a veteran quarterback who could spar a bit, okay. But Haley and a rookie quarterback is a bad idea. I've never really thought the golf coach was known for his patience. Carolina at the Pens, I'm going tonight. How about you? The Penguins need to start winning and then winning some more. They've won 6-9 this month, but it doesn't seem like it's enough. And if you look at the standings, it's not yet enough. I'm Mark Madden, Jake Caulfield at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, love the show. Double M, big fan, big fan. He's a game changer. He's a guy that makes a big difference. Ooh, that's a good one. The X at 105.9. The biggest debate with the Steelers this offseason should be, what do they do with Lev Bell? 99 times out of 100, The smart thing is to keep the good player. Usually you don't benefit by ditching the good player. But this might be the 100th time. The Steelers' culture sabotaged having all that talent, and it will continue to sabotage that talent. 
And you can't fix the culture if you keep Lev Bell. Lev Bell has become the biggest saboteur, uh, if you will, when it comes to the whole thing, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. And it will happen again, and worse, if Bell gets franchised. Now, the Steelers could always give Bell what he wants. But giving a running back 15 mil for one year in a passing league makes no sense. Never mind giving him long-term at or near that rate. That's absolutely idiotic. Lev Bell's been suspended twice. He's a jackass. Would it surprise anybody if he got into another jackpot that kept him from playing football for an extended period? Because it would not surprise me. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Penguins host Carolina tonight. Uh, some Penns news. Casey DeSmith will be in goal tonight. The third string goalie will make a third straight start. And as far as I know, both Murray and Jari are available tonight. You don't often see that happen. Sullivan called DeSmith the hot hand. I called DeSmith the AHL guy. But DeSmith did play good out west. Brian Rust, like I said, is a game-time decision. Ryan Reeves looks like he will be a healthy scratch for the first time this year, which will overjoy some of you who have moronically conned yourselves into thinking that's an issue. Chris Hoke was on Twitter lamenting that Dick LeBeau got let go in Tennessee. I understand that guys who played for LeBeau love him, but he's 80 years old. Retire and go home. Seriously, there comes a time where you just need to get out of the way. If Neil Diamond can retire, so can Dick LeBeau. 412-333-9939. Jay Caulfield at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to David in Pleasant Hills. David, you're on with Double M. Hello, David. Okay, apparently our phones aren't working. Let's try Alex. Can we get Alex? Or are all the phones frozen? You know what's amazing? I listen to sports talk radio a lot. This never happens on any other show or another station. I'm not sure what that says, but it never happens on any other show or any other station. Uh, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Gene Collier of the Post-Gazette, who I think the world of, but he kind of yelled at a cloud today on Twitter when he expressed anger because ESPN hired Alex Rodriguez to do analysis on Sunday Night Baseball. A-Rod's going to be working for Fox and for ESPN at the same time. I never thought of him as this potential media giant. I'm more impressed that he banged Tori Wilson, uh, the wrestling chick, and now is banging Jennifer Lopez, but uh, Gene was pissed because, like, ah, you shouldn't let the steroid guy do anything ever. What kind of example does that set for kids? It tells them it's okay to do steroids. Yo, lighten up, Francis. That's just how baseball was and probably still is. 412 is the number to call. Uh, 
Now I think the phones are working. Is that right? Are the phones okay? Oh, they're not? Okay, let's go to a break then. Like I said, this is the only show you can hear this happen on. Phones freezing and technical malfunctions. And I think that's just another thing that makes the Mark Madden show so very, very special. Jay Caulfield next, 105.9. Abby on the X. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. I have Mammy bedtime. <laughs> I get up early, man. I get things done. The most music in the morning on the X at 105.9. This is Phil Kessa of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden, the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. The Penguins host Carolina tonight. Joining me now, it's the king of the telestrator. You can see him during Penguins games on AT&T Sportsnet. It's two-time Stanley Cup champion Jay Caulfield. Jay, Casey DeSmith will make his third straight start and goal tonight. That doesn't often happen with a third stringer, does it? No, you don't. They really like what they see with the mark. And, I, and you heard Mike Sullivan talk about it. They're going to ride the hot hand a little bit, and I don't mind that. They're still trying to determine, and, and Jari's done a great job, too. So they got a good feel with DeSmith, and... He's earned the opportunity for another game, and you give him another shot. What about his play has stood out to you, Jay? Uh, what has enabled him to perform like he has recently? Well, I think his, you know, I think as we talked every night after the games, his his demeanor, he's very comfortable in the net. Like he, he doesn't look moments not too big for him, under control, uh, good positioning when he needs to get across. And you talk about we talk about athleticism so many times, but. When, when we talk about Marc-Andre Fleury, but just the little plays, like his quick legs. You watch him in great position, but then he's got a quick leg that comes out from left to right side, a good push from side to side. And I think his team, though, Mark, also at times has played very good in front of him, strong, keeping the rebounds down. But when he needed to make that save, he was there. And you're looking for that guy, and there's a demeanor, too, that you know the players on a bench will feel it, will know it. If a guy's got a great attitude about himself, a good way about him, there's a there's a confidence it builds from the locker room on out and when he's on the ice he seems to carry himself the same way he's also got it's been through a lot to get to this point and they're they're continuing to give him that great look and uh hope he has another good one here tonight ryan reeves looks like he's likely to be scratched why now jay i'm not sure reeves has played worse or better or even very much yeah it's almost kind of funny now because look you know mark it's funny you can go through the whole league and say how many guys how many teams in the league deploy or employ a player right now uh, that's even going to confront Ryan Reeves? There's, there's not many, right? So, uh, but I've also felt, and I've said it, when you give a guy like that seven, eight, nine minutes, he's effective. He's going to be effective for what he was brought in to do. He can skate. He can make plays. He puts the fear into every player he's going against. He finishes his checks, and he doesn't take many minors. So. To me, that's if you brought him in, that's that's you know he's he's going to do his job. Uh, as far as though when you go against a team like Carolina, and again you can go through the whole Eastern Conference, Mark. Not many teams, maybe two or three teams, might have somebody that's going to pose a problem. The rest of the league does not. So if you want to get fourth line scoring and you want to get things happening, the Penguins luckily right now have this rust coming back. They have a lot of players that can make that impact, but. To me, it's, the, way, the way you pose the question is good. Like, why now? I thought he's been really effective in the last couple games. So, uh, you know, maybe just a way to get uh, Russ back into the lineup without messing up the top nine, if you will, and go from there. But to me, I thought Ryan Reeves has done a great job through the last couple games. Uh, I agree. And as you mentioned, Jay, 
Brian Rust is going to return tonight. What will he add, and who would you like to see him skate with? Are you assuming he'll start out on the fourth line? I'm assuming they would keep the way that the, the nine above, the one through three, have looked. So just because they, they've, they've got into some type of flow. But if, if, if Russ comes in and is in the fourth line, expect to see more than seven minutes. That doesn't do any – I mean, there are going to be more minutes if you can. I think Russ brings a – he has uh, he has grit, determination, speed, drives to the net. We know what he can do. In big-time moments, he scored big goals for the Penguins. So to have a guy come back into the lineup uh, like this, it's really uh, – it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a great plus, an added addition – that says you're going into hot games and tough games, he's a great guy to have back in the lineup. What's your take on Sprong being sent down to Wilkes, Jay? He was threatening. Do the Penguins have enough guys who are consistently threatening? Yeah, my, you know, you know, like any like any player, whatever you do, if if you fall to the outside of uh, what a coaches what the coaches expect from you, if there's something you're not doing defensively, or if you're not as much of an impact. You're playing with Sidney Crosby. Are we noticing you throughout the game? Are you getting your looks? Well, in that one game, you certainly caught everybody. I mean, he had a little spark of what he's about. Uh, I thought when they benched him in that third period of that game, I thought that would have been the lesson you're, you're teaching him than think he might get a look in the next game. You know, that's where, like a teaching point, hey, I'm sitting you in the third period. You're not effective. I'm not noticing you. You're going to sit here but maybe give him one more look in the next game to let him see if he learned his lesson. But when they didn't play him at all, I mean, when he didn't dress, he's been, in, he's been out of it since then, then you know he's going to get sent down or, some, or, or something or whatever. But to me, I thought they might give him one more look because I think he's got that natural gift, that, that shooter mentality, that natural release, the goal, the goal scorer that, no, I don't think there's enough of that still in the Penguin lineup above, but... He obviously didn't do enough, wasn't showing up enough for Mike Sullivan's liking, and they made a move. You know, it's funny, Jay. I know that players like Sprong are sometimes considered one-trick ponies by coaches, but I think the Penguins have a few no-trick ponies. I mean, maybe they're skating hard and working hard and checking yeah. hard, but you got to post better numbers than some of these guys. Yeah, that's just said, listen to me. The Sprong thing for me, he's, your, he's the one guy they have in their – in their system. I'm not sure. The only thing I know, Mark, with the Sprong thing, in the game that they sat him down in the third period, I didn't really notice him through two periods. I have to give There was one play. He had a great. He had an opportunity. Crosby finds him. Outside of that, I didn't notice him. But I also didn't think he's – I mean, there's a guy you've got to give a shot and see what he can do because, to your point, yeah, I don't think the numbers – the numbers aren't there for the rest of the team right now. They get on a little bit of a roll. Uh, the goaltending was very good. Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, those guys, when they start to do what they do, they can make your, your – it's almost like uh, – I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but when you have guys like that that can take a game over, then, you know, the team wins and, and everybody's happy, but you're still missing things that I think that you're talking about. There's got to be what happens when you, you get into when a night when Malkin and Crosby get shut down, who's picking it up? And uh, – that's probably what they're looking for, even with Russ getting back in the line. But maybe if Reeves is definitely out, then they're looking for that fourth line. But I do agree, you need to find something else on up top, the top nine, that to produce at a different level than what they have been outside of the superstars. Yeah, to me, to keep Dominic Simone in the lineup and send Sprong down uh, doesn't yeah. make much sense. Uh, 
Jay, uh, Sidney Crosby has 15 points in his last seven games. What has enabled Sid to get back on track? Well, you know, honestly, when he when he's going uh, to me, and, and Mark, we've talked about it before in the past, and everybody does, and th- there's nobody better one-on-one. He doesn't lose battles. He wins. He finds guys. You need guys to finish for him, too. I mean, when he makes a great play and somebody doesn't finish, uh, to your point, I'll, uh, maybe some, uh, you know, Sprong could be a finisher. When a guy doesn't finish and a guy makes maybe five great plays and his teammates don't finish for him, all right, he has nothing happened on that night point-wise, but he set up a lot of things. When Sidney Crosby's going, his deflections are, you know, he makes these little plays that nobody else does, but he needs guys to finish for him to maybe on a night when it's not going right, but all of a sudden he gets a few helpers here or there, starts to turn the corner. Well, he turned the corner, and now everything that he's touching, you hope, turns to gold. And the power plays are big moments for it, but you need your line mates five on five to finish for you in those situations. That's key. I mean, to me, they can make – go back to Mario's days. My God, how many times he sets people up and you need the guy to finish for the player who sets – who puts it on a table, sets it right up for him, and they need to finish the time for him. And it's not going right. You'll see his wingers aren't finishing for him either. We're talking to Jay Caulfield of AT&T Sportsnet here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Uh, Sid and Jake Gensel have been out there some on the PK. Jay and the PK has been doing real well. And I like right. those two out there to kill penalties some. It keeps them involved, and I think that's especially helped Sid. He's never on the bench for too long. No, that's a really good point, Mark. I mean, listen, even to one other point, too. When Crosby possesses the puck and holds on to it, he's making things happen and fueling the game more. To your point here in the shorthanded situation, I love it at the end of a – towards the late in the power play, why not put him out there? He's going to challenge – He's like you said. He doesn't win battles. It gives them. It's not letting them sit that long. There isn't anything worse for star players or great players. Everybody wants to be on the ice, but when they're getting minutes, when their minutes are getting pushed down because it's a penalty-filled night, that doesn't bode well. So, yeah, to your point, Mark, when he's getting out in that short-handed situation, he's also going to test uh, the opposition. He can make something happen at any any given time. I love that he's thrown out there, and that it does keep him in the game on a night where maybe you need those extra minutes to make something happen. Uh, we talked about Sid and how he's coming on strong, but maybe the Penguins' most consistent offensive threat this year has been Phil Kessel, who is actually in the race for the scoring title, Jay. He's been good the last two years with the Penguins, but what has made Phil that much better this year? Jeez, you know, that's... I mean, look, their power play's just hot. I mean, um, you go by how many points are they getting on the power play. He's a finisher. He's a threat. He's the one guy on the half wall mark that... Usually go back to you know that Stamkos on the half wall with the one timer. Well, we know everybody knows Phil Kessel doesn't take the one timer, but his his release, finding the guy, finding Malkin or Crosby at the far post, finding a guy in the high slot a little bit for you know a shot pass deflection type of thing. He's such a threat. He's making the goaltenders you know think. What's he going to do? Is he going to shoot? Is he going to release? Is he going to pass to the far post? All these things are part of what makes him extremely dangerous from that half-wall position for a guy that doesn't take a one-timer. So he's got the power play clicking at number one in the, in the NHL. That's a big part of it. Plus, every time he's on the ice or you get towards overtime, you know, for a guy that always looks like he's tired when he goes to the bench, he's got a – he can skate. We talk about his release all the time. Uh, he's just a smart hockey player, and he gets to the right areas. He's playing with right people. And he's getting himself in positions to score goals, and he's burying it. And, again, you're right. He's been the most consistent 
all season long when people thought that might have been a problem when Rick Tockett, you know, left the coaching staff, but Phil Kessel's come in and been a, 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 obviously a key, key part for the Penguins and, and the success rate and what it means on the power play. He's just been, he has been that good all year long. Let's stay with the power play because if it wasn't for the Penguins' success with the man advantage, I think they'd be in trouble. What's making that power play so good, Jay? It's tops in the league, and I'll be honest, it still frustrates me to watch sometimes because they, they don't shoot a lot. They just don't, but when they shoot, it often goes in. Yeah, I think, and number one, Mark, they've probably scored, I don't know the numbers on this, they have scored more goals on the rush on the power play than anybody I've seen. I mean, I, I like to know those numbers, but on the rush, they're dangerous. When they enter the zone, they're dangerous. They've got four or five guys that each can handle the puck coming into the zone. They get set up, and I get, listen, they're so creative, they're so dynamic, but when you have movement, it's about pucks to the net, and it's retrieval. So even if they just set up for that one shot, if they possess it or they retrieve the puck and keep it alive, they make people think more than other groups. They really do because a goaltender is just not sure. You can take another guy in a position where Crosby or Malkin are at or whatever it might be if Latang and or Schultz walk the line, get it to the center of the center of the ice, make something happen that way. They're just too talented. Things are going in for them right now. And, uh, and again, you're right because if you look at the plus-minus numbers, Mark, if it wasn't for the power play, that's why you see guys' num- minus numbers are still up there because you, you don't get a plus on a power play, but they're still producing, and you need, you need special teams. Special teams is what wins in this league, and you see how their PK numbers have improved and their, and their power play has just been that good. But I just think there's just so much talent, Mark, and teams, they don't know how to react to them. They, just, they can't commit one way or another. If they do, those guys are too good to find the other guy that's open, and then they bury it. Jay, uh, the Penguins right now are not in a playoff spot. I think it's 50-50 that they make it. I'm not being pessimistic, but it's just such a log jam in that Metro. What's your call? I think there's so many games left, Mark. It's going to be about goaltending. If they get solid goaltending the rest of this way, and we, uh, we all expect that to happen with Matt Murray coming back and what he's been through on an individual side, it will only make him stronger, we hope. And uh, I think if they get solid goaltending... I think other teams coming back to the pack. New Jersey's, you know, starting to flounder a little bit, you know, and the Islanders, you don't know what you're going to get with them. And, and, and Washington still, they've been a surprise team to climb it the way they have. But I still think the Penguins, Mark, with solid goaltending, they'll, they'll get themselves in there. I, I, I think it's higher. I give it a higher number than that. And I'm not, I'm not going to be the flip side and be homers. I just think nobody still to this day, you can go through the league, and I bet you the one team they still do not want to face would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jay, great stuff. We'll see you soon, I hope. Okay, Mark. Same here. Take care. That's Jay Caulfield. Check out his work with the Telestrator. He's the king at AT&T Sportsnet on Penguin Game Nights. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He is Iron Man. Double M, what's up, buddy? Hi. Hey, Double M, just want to get your point on something. But he had sacks. But he had sacks! But he had sacks! The X at 1059. I'm giving away a thousand bucks again. Cause it's the Mark Man giveaway show every day here on the X. Stay tuned and I'll tell you how to win. 
The Academy Award nominations came out. But I watch less movies every year, in the theater especially. I bet I go to two or three movies a year in the theater. I do watch a lot of DVDs and cable, but I've only seen one of the movies nominated for Best Picture, Dunkirk. So, based on what I have seen, remember the Bill Murray Oscar predictions on Saturday Night Live? They were very funny. Actually, it's hard to imagine a movie being better than Dunkirk. And revolutionary, too, with so little dialogue. With the sounds of war mostly telling the story, uh, the Academy tends to like stuff that is off the beaten path. I want to see Darkest Hour. I want to see that Three Billboards movie. The thing is, I don't trust awards anymore because I think quality too often takes a back burner to social justice. It's the same way they've ruined Halls of Fame. They induct the guys with perceived nobility and honor and not the best players. Same thing with movies. If it has a socially worthwhile message by the standards of, you know, then it wins an Academy Award. You know you know what the best movie is? Seriously. Every year the best movie is the movie that sells the most tickets. That's like the best album every year. Well, when they sold record albums and CDs, 8-tracks, cassettes, it was the record that sold the most albums, 8-tracks, CDs, cassettes, whatever. That's the world I was brought up in because I believe that wrestling notion that if you draw the most money, you're the best wrestler. Actually, Hulk Hogan told me that. You know who the best wrestler is, brother? The one that makes the most, dude. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I'm having trouble with that word, electrical. CWElectricalServices.com. But we just invent stories and accomplishments because we want to further this certain... Certain groups and causes. Case in point, Danica Patrick is going to retire from racing. Danica Patrick raced 12 years. She won exactly one race. One. Some IndyCar race in Japan. Danica Patrick accomplished nothing. Nothing. But it's perceived to be a great story. A girl driving a car real fast. So we embellish and exaggerate. But Danica Patrick won one race. One race. I'm sad to hear that Neil Diamond has Parkinson's and will retire from performing. That guy's music isn't necessarily my cup of tea, but he was electric. He's 76, so maybe it's just time to go home. But it's still sad. Perhaps he and Dick LeBeau could play checkers together at the retirement home. Let's talk to Adam and Swickley. Adam, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M, yeah, you know, a lot of talk about Liz Bell uh, letting them go. Why don't they try to get something out of it, maybe like a first-round pick to a, like a decent team? Because like he's Seattle. a free agent. So you, they can't trade him at all, then? Not if he's a free agent. They could franchise okay. him and then try to trade his rights. But uh, I don't think a team wants a running back at 14.5 million for one year. 
I, I think the Steelers would be dumb to pay that, and the team would be dumb to take him under those circumstances when he's going to miss camp again and when maybe he sits out the season as he's threatened. He probably won't, but you don't know that for sure. That's a big reason to ditch Lev Bell, the uncertainty. Perhaps he'll give us some more reasons in the days to come. Let's go to Jeremy on 79 North. Jeremy, you're on with Mark. Good afternoon, good sir. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, you know, I've garnered from hearing you talk and uh, even hearing Jay Caulfield talk that it's a little bit perplexing what's going on with Daniel Sprawl. Oh, right I wouldn't now. call it perplexing, uh, Jeremy. I'm not outraged. Okay. I just would have I would have kept him in the lineup over a John Sebastian Dea or a Dominic Simone. The notion that Dominic Simone is a better match to play with Crosby than Daniel Sprong uh, is not one I agree with. Okay, very fair, very fair. I, I would agree with that also. And, you know, speaking to any advantages or disadvantages, I mean, I'm not familiar with uh, JSD's minor league numbers. I know Simone put up some all right numbers. but Well, they're a and, couple of ham and acres. They don't have nearly yeah. the pedigree and raw talent that Sprong does. Yeah. So does it really boil down to, because I've heard, um, I don't want to quote anybody because I don't recall specifically, but I've heard it tossed around that uh, Daniel Sprong has a bit of an attitude problem. And do you think that that is figuring in a See, lot? See, I just think that. Daniel Sprong is confident. I think what's figuring in more is that he cheats on the offensive side of the puck and takes a shift or two off now and again. And if right. that's why the coaches benched him and then sent him back to Wilkes, I understand that. I can't disagree with it, but right. I... I am the kind of coach who just plays guys who score goals because they're keeping score. There's a big scoreboard up there. I want my number to be bigger than theirs. And uh, if Daniel Sprong didn't play defense as much or as well as he should, maybe the four other guys can cover up for that while Daniel Sprong scores some goals. Maybe Casey DeSmith in the Pittsburgh net. It's now time for you to win a thousand buck bride, courtesy of the X. Just listen, you'll hear the keyword, and then text it to the number mentioned shortly thereafter. It's a simple process. That's good because you're simple people. Listen, text, win, 1059.